The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. We want to welcome you to the Identity Matters podcast. Within this podcast, we do exactly that, is we cover the identity issues related to a true, authentic, born-again, indwelt believer. Hi, my name is Dr. Finney, and I will be your host today. We want to welcome each of our listeners to the Identity Matters podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. Finney, and I will be your host and speaker today. We've been going through a wonderful series called The Abiding Life in Christ. You know, it is humorous to me to know that God gives males extra skin on their penis. Yes, I said it. And then all of a sudden, he says, now we're going to cut it off to expose the head. Now, if you just think about the science of this. And so on the eighth day, you know, the priest comes along and he grabs a hold of the foreskin and he stretches it, takes his knife and cuts it off. You know, mama's going crazy. Oh, my boy's being hurt. And the father's going, yeah. (laughs) So most people understand circumcision is cleaner, blah, 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 right? That's why medically, if you want to use that term, that's why they did circumcision of the penis is because infection will get in there, bacteria will get in there, and blah, 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 damage the head. And if the head is damaged, you've got some serious problems, son. So we're going to cut this thing off. Well, it heals, and sure enough, there's preservation, and it's easier to clean. And that's all God was saying. So did God purposely allow males to be born with foreskin? Of course he did. So this lesson could be put into their culture. He is addressing in this passage the exact same thing of flesh of the heart. Some people say, I choose not to be circumcised. Well, then you'd better do an extra job of pulling that foreskin back and cleaning the head. Same thing with the heart. There's some people that just say, I refuse to be circumcised to the heart. This is what is being addressed. Those of you who are walking around saying you are Christians, but you've never had a spiritual circumcision yet, where God has grabbed a hold of your flesh and he has cut it off so that he can make your heart clean and keep it clean. This is what's being addressed. Acts 7, 55 through 56 says, But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now, we've already talked about Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I thought when I looked it up that the definition would be just from within. But that is not how this is used in the Greek. It is covered like oil. If I poured oil on, on your body, that oil would just keep draining until I covered your body. That's what it's talking about. And it is talking about at the same time that there is this filling from the inside as well. Stephen was covered with the oil of gladness, the oil of the Holy Spirit externally, as well as internally being filled up at the same time. So here he is in this state of gazing into heaven and and, and seeing with his spiritual eyes something that I don't think there's a person in this room would say they saw that with their own eyes yet. Stephen was. This was a direct and series of events that took place because of Stephen being filled up with the Holy Spirit. Acts 7.59 says they went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, I went and did some research to find out how many people about ready to die said that, and there was quite a few, including Jesus Christ. After all the messages were said, from even being on the cross saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Him talking to John, say, John, meet your mother, mom, meet your son. The cry of the damned, everything's done. And then Jesus says, not just it is finished, which is the conclusion of the gospel. He's saying, Father, I commence my spirit. Stephen's saying, I commence my spirit. And so being alert moments before you die is a critical thing for you. It is not to be sedated with morphine. It is not to be drugged out and then you drift off. Being as as alert as possible, no matter how much pain you're suffering, which Jesus had a great deal of, while they were stoning Stephen, he was experiencing this overflow. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Pain does not block you from being clear-headed. It does not. I can prove that medically to you and I can prove that spiritually to you. But Satan pushes this whole physical world to the point that we're sedating the most beautiful moment and conclusion of, it is finished, Lord. I commence my spirit. To give that beautiful choice to the man or woman laying there split seconds before they're to die, That's the best. He was being murdered for Pete's sake. And it didn't affect his clear moment of transition. Even after studying for this sermon, I said, Lord, this this is how I want to go, whether it's cancer or whether it is shooting or a stabbing. or This is how I want to go. I, I want my head so incredibly clear to say, I see it now, Lord. I see that this whole life, this tiny little vapor, was for this one moment. What did Paul say before he was done? 
I have finished the race. There's three steps before you die. The first step is you are so proactive in ministry that you're getting persecution. Yes, those of you teachers who are teaching that the true evidence of you being indwelt by Jesus Christ, in other words, born again, is that you're giving the gospel to other people. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Next step is this conclusive summarization in your mind where you can actually say before the living God, not by those who are murdering Stephen, but before the living God, I have finished the race. It's finished. And then the third one is, Father, I I just, I commence my spirit. The way Stephen said it is, receive me. Receive my spirit. And he's seeing it. (laughs) This was not some kind of nightmare or daydream he was having. He was seeing it with his own eyes that he is about to join this eternal life forever and ever and ever. Past, present, and future. Acts 8, 14 through 16 tells us, Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive them as speakers. Do you know the average Christian worldview teacher, it would cost me to get them here to Sterling and rent the hall at the college. We're looking at $12,000 for a maximum of an hour and a half. And if you go for the big boys, some of them are up to $35,000 an hour. Now, our politicians get, some get over a million dollars for one speaking occasion. That is where our world has gone, and many Christian leaders, pastors and teachers and whatever, are joining that that whole thing. Peter and John were being sent by the living God into this community to do some speaking. And it was for the purpose that they would receive the Holy Spirit, not these two powerful teachers, I'm telling you, Peter and John were power-packed, like Stephen. So there was no, you have the great honor of receiving Peter into your community. Would I pay Peter $12,000 to speak at the auditorium Saturday night? Trick question. I would not. If he doesn't come free, he's not coming. Because it tells me who sent him. The dollars tell us who sent that person. So if I'm doing the sending by bringing the speaker in, and I'm paying the $12,000 to put him behind that podium, I sent them. I'm telling the people, our ministry and, and Steve Finney wants you to listen to Peter. He's got some pretty decent words to share with you today. His resume is on the back table. He went to some of the greatest universities there are. My favorite is when they say, well, I attended Harvard. I said, is that that most liberal 
seminary in the nation today? Is that is that the one you went to? See, they don't want to hear the truth. But if someone comes to me and says, the Lord is telling me to come to your town, I am not going to take that lightly. Big difference. It's receiving the Holy Spirit, which is the objective. That's why every podcast, every article, whatever, as I was telling a Christian leader this week in a dialogue we were having about the potency of some of our articles and their articles and a handful of other ministries, how potent they're becoming, I said to this particular leader, if at the end of the article they're not questioning what true indwelt salvation is, I have not hit my mark. I want them to receive the Holy Spirit. And if they already have the Holy Spirit, it should confirm their salvation. That's why I grab trending words on the internet, trending stories, and then write an article to just bleed them into the blood of Jesus Christ. Close them off with, are you one of these indwell believers? I don't get a lot of email feedback from people say, I'm sick of hearing you end everything with the indwelling life, but I've gotten a few. And that means I accomplished my mission. You see, that their message was always the same. Always. Their goal was to get people to receive the Holy Spirit so the first generation church would multiply. Because they knew the only way to get multiplication to take place for the second generation church and for us to sit here today having discussions in the Word and preaching in the Word was because they were immovable in verses 14 through 16. It's the Holy Spirit that multiplies ministries. It's the Holy Spirit that multiplies conversations. And yes, that can occur in texts. It can occur in emails. And it can occur in voice-to-voice conversations. Acts 8.17 says, Then they began laying hands on them, and they received the messages of Peter and John. Okay, we're going to take a donation today to cover Peter's expenses of coming today to speak to us. Normally he gets about $12,000 to speak. We could really use your money to help take care of Peter and his family. He has this boating side job that he does and fishing and whatnot, but you know, the fish aren't biting. So we really need to have you open your wallets and your purses and take care of Peter. Let's give Peter a round of applause for his message today. No, this closure is very simple. I'm here to make sure you understand how important it is of you having the indwelling Holy Spirit. I just gave you the message, so now I need to have you guys who are being touched by the Holy Spirit to come forward, get on your knees. And I, Peter, will come and just put my hand. John, you're going to do this too, right? Well, of course I am, Peter. Just put my hand upon you so that you may be able to receive the Holy Spirit. 
It wasn't so that they could jump around and have large tent meetings and heal people all day now, all day long, and cast out demons all all day or all night long. It wasn't so that they can get donations from these people they healed and delivered. It was so that the church would multiply through the generations. The Holy Spirit is the healthy cell of the body of Jesus. And to get those cells to multiply, it takes the healthy cell, the perfect cell, that has nothing wrong with the DNA inside that nuclei. That's what was going on here, folks. So when we start to explore the practical details now of how and what does it look like to have the Holy Spirit moving and breathing through you, keep today's message in mind. This might be one of those messages you have to hit the replay, rewind button once or twice. This is so critical. Nothing mattered more to Stephen than to make sure he got that last message out which he knew that it was going to provoke murder in these religious post-truth listeners. He knew it. He probably even had a strong inclination that they were going to pick up stones and stone him to death. He wanted to make sure he could say, It is finished, Lord. I finished my message. My preaching is done. I got the full message out before you decided to let the last stone take my breath. To get those last two steps in, it is finished. I have finished what you asked me to do. Receive my spirit. Oh God, give me that honor as a believer and teacher. Give me those last couple seconds to say, I have been faithful. You see, those of you who are going to be attending our brother's funeral on Thursday, I got those words out of Gary. I wrote those words down. You see, he had this time where he was able to say, I have been faithful as a servant to serve you the best that I knew how. I'm ready, Lord. Take me home. And he's gone now. And he's where we want to be. Guys, we need to carefully, carefully review whether we have the indwelling life of Christ. And if you're not sure, I'm not asking you to question your salvation. I'm asking you to pursue it. So as you're going through each day, you know, I'm 64 years of age and I got born again when I was 16 years of age. And the hell that I've experienced from this salvation to now 64 years of age, just beginning to taste the true abundant life of the sap, is a lot of years for me. So when did I really get indwelt? That is God's business. I assumed it was at 16 years of age because I am enduring to this hour. 
In fact, I'm growing with more fire in my bosom than yesterday, than the day before, than three days before that. So yes, there's there's evidence in my life that is saying, for the Lord to say to his Father, his Father to say back to Jesus, he's one of us. Look at him. He's asking us for persecution. He's asking us for stoning. Jane and I already have an agreement with each other. We will never darken the doorstep of a hospice care place. If we're in the hospital and we have been diagnosed with something and we're dying, we are to go home to our house. And if the medical people say, well, you know, you're not going to have the proper care and she'll die on you, and you, that is our point. Now they can put needles in me and put ointment on my cancer sores all they want while I'm there. I'm not against the medical world. I am against not keeping God's doctrines intact. Not to be drugged for my final two steps. I want my head clear in my pain. You think Stephen was having pain? But his head was clear. Satan is ruining our departures. Because he knows it's the last box that is checked. And those of you who have relatives of dementia, we have some articles coming out to talk about the sorrow of dementia And how we, as those who have loved ones who have dementia, how we can remind them until the end for them while they have it on the inside. Because there's something weird about people with dementia. They don't forget their salvation story. It's kind of weird. You mention Jesus and sometimes their arms will raise. You mention Jesus and sometimes they, they start moving. There's, it's in them. You, you can't suppress that. And there's ways that we can speak and minister to those who are removed from the earthly world mentally while giving them the dignity of what is truth on the inside. They just can't get it out anymore. I'll tell you, honor, respect, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in all situations is a part of this mission. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having you come back to our podcast next week. And if it's an old podcast by this time, just click on the button. Because the abiding life in Christ is what it's all about. And those of you who do not have the abiding life in Christ, remember to click on that salvation prayer in the podcast and consider praying over the prayer first before you pray the prayer. See you next time. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.